0: Welcome to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. Brought to you by Present Truth Ministry A teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's word For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng um, On the subject of godliness and contentment we started talking about godliness and contentment. Godliness and contentment. And we read Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5. I'd like to start there. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5. The scripture says, Let your conduct." And I emphasize that word conduct means your way of life. The King James Version uses the word conversation. Let your conversation. But the newer translations uses um, let your conduct be without covetousness. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. It's okay, it's okay. Let your conduct be without covetousness. That means that your way of life is not built or you're not directed or you're not led by covetousness. When your way of life is examined, it is free from covetousness. Let your conduct, let your conversation, let your way of life be free from covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. And I said on Sunday that Paul says, I have learned to be content. Philippians chapter 4 that means that no one was born with contentment you learn it you have to train yourself to be content in life as we are believing god for increase we are not anxious we are not fearful we are not worrisome we are not doing things we shouldn't do because we just want increase and that's where the problem is where even in quote so-called believers do things they shouldn't do normally because they just want more money that's a conduct that is covetous that's a conduct that is born out of covetousness having to lie to get something from someone having to compromise your standards to end something you're given a job to carry out But because you want more money, you cut all the corners you can cut. And at the end of the day, you deliver something that is not worth it. Just because you want to earn extra income. The scripture says, your conduct must be without covetousness. You must hold yourself to very high standards in the way you live your life. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, that means we have a promise from God. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Verse 6 says, so we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man can do to me. So we, we have here that the, the reason we can live a life of contentment is because the Lord is our helper. God is the source of our lives. And I said to you, on your way to the blessings and the increase that God has for you, make sure that you enjoy the journey. You know, most times in life, they are like, you know, things come up in such a way that, oh, I must have this thing. I must buy this thing. And I said, no, you mustn't. You can train yourself to be content with what you have. And I said, I mean, I was saying it but I just said one of the ways you can begin to train yourself is to remove the power that certain days have hmm for some of us it is birthdays Derobe that day of its power (laughs) Derobe that day of its power take the power out of that let me show you now because I said that on Sunday I know some people are not happy because some people live for birthdays every year go to Colossians chapter every year, some people are waiting for it from January countdown, January 1st they've started doing countdown and when is their birthday, December 23rd so they 're do a countdown for 11 months just counting down. <laughs> praise the name of the Lord now let's go to um, I just want to read to you something here Colossians chapter 4 chapter 2 and um Verse 15, of course, we were talking about the religious festivals, but I just want to, to say something here. Having designed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Verse 16, so look, let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding a festival, a new moon or a Sabbath, which are a shadow of things to come, but the substance is of Christ. Now, what he was talking, of, talking about is the Jewish religious festival, that they were all pointing to the person of Christ. They were all pointing to the person of Christ. It says, let no one bring you under these bondages of days and times and seasons anymore. Because they are all pointing you to the person of Christ. Now, I'm not saying it is wrong. Please get me right. Because sometimes it's easy to misinterpret what a preacher is saying. So you have to hear hear exactly what I'm saying. I'm not saying it is wrong to celebrate these days. But if celebrating these days is going to cause you anxiety, it's going to cause you pressure, it's going to cause you to loan money that you don't have so you can pay back later, then something is not right. Are you following what I'm saying? So you must do things as you are enabled by the Father. And sometimes covetousness can creep in just to maintain a standard that you think that you have. Oh, someone of your class shouldn't be wearing this. Someone of your standard shouldn't be doing this. If somebody like you want to do something, you should do it well. Learn to live a life of contentment. And I said that ingratitude is a sign of discontent when somebody is content with his lot in life he's always full of praises praise the name of the lord are you still here i said are you still here okay let's go to colossians chapter three and verse five colossians chapter three and verse five look at this therefore put to death your members which are on the earth Talking about the lower nature, the carnal kind of nature. Fornication, uncleanness, uh, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. So the Bible says that covetousness is a form of idolatry. It's a type of idolatry. You know, when we mention idolatry, the first thing that comes to our mind is people that worship graven images. What scripture says that when a man is covetous, is a type of idolatry. And I want you to see in this place the kind of things that covetousness was mentioned amongst. Fornication, uncleanness, evil desires. And sometimes when you see someone, oh, someone is involved in fornication, it's like, oh wow, God forbid and all that. But sometimes covetousness can creep into our hearts without us knowing and in the eyes of God, they are the same thing you know somehow in our eyes we have like some some things that are very big sins and some things that are small sins i've even heard someone say that oh no it's not that she uh, she lied it's a white lie I, i don't know how we get into that level of deception i never knew lies had colors praise the name of the lord are you still here so the bible says that we must put to death these members that means that stopping covetousness is not a prayer point just as you learn to be content you learn to stop to be covetous you have to make that decision sometimes when that agitation of getting something to fill a space in your life you deliberately say no that's not what is going to give me joy It has to be deliberate if not you keep moving and keep moving and the world is designed in such a way that whatever you buy is already old do you understand that you understand that you get into the shop to buy something maybe let's take a phone for instance to buy a phone like maybe an iPhone and you say what's this here an iPhone 5 the fact that it's an iPhone 5 you know that iPhone 6 is on the way how many of you have bought new products maybe a phone you bought a new product and you prefer the older product because if, in fact you're like, I don't know why I bought this new one. Those things do not give us satisfaction. And if we're not careful, we will drive our life to the edge and everything about us will just be how much more we can get. And I said this in the beginning, I believe that God increases us. I believe the Lord wants us blessed. I believe that God is supernaturally bringing us to a place of increase. On our way there, we are joyful on our journey. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay, okay, okay. Let's go to First Timothy chapter six and verse six to eight. Let's read First Timothy chapter six and verse six to eight. First Timothy chapter six, verse six. Uh, we'll stop at verse eleven. Godliness and contentment. It takes it to take only God for you to be content. And as married folks, make sure that you are encouraging contentment in your home. You're encouraging contentment in your home. Learn that. Don't. Build your home in such a way that you're the one that is always uh, pushing. <laughs> I, I read something to my wife this afternoon and they we're laughing. A man in the UK who, he, went, he ran away and went to live in the woods for 10 years because his wife was too naggy. You know, those people do some very funny things. So he took off. we just living in the woods for 10 years. Don't Don't drive people to the forest. Contentment. Everything, listen to this. Everything in life can be simplified if you put your mind to it. Everything in life. Everything. The car you drive, the house you live in, the clothes you wear, they can be simplified. They can be simplified. You know, funny enough, I don't know, but maybe some people will know, but I don't know. You know, somebody can carry a bag worth maybe 50,000 there. I mean, it's nothing wrong with that. if You have the money to buy it and somebody can carry a bag worth 5,000 probably the difference will not be known just at the face value I'm not saying you shouldn't buy a bag that's 1 million that's not what I'm saying, that's your business that's between you, God and the bag has nothing to do with me but you know sometimes the effort we put in to try to impress people, people don't even know how much energy we put in pressure on our life to just make sure people feel that we have arrived people are not aware you can simplify your life the life of the believer in fact the way you should live is that the more the lord blesses you the more you should increase your stewardship to the kingdom that's how to live that's one of the ways to cure covetousness being a distribution center of the blessings and the increase of god first timothy chapter six paul was writing to timothy and he says now godliness with contentment is great gain if you are godly and your content is a great profit." so it goes on to saying for we brought nothing into this world And it is certain we can carry nothing out of it. So it tries to show that, hey, one of the reasons we should be content is when we came into this world, we came naked. And when you're going, obviously, they'll put a few clothes on your back, but that's all. You're not going to have more than that. If they bury you with some money, you trust that your village boys are going to come in the night and open the grave, take you out, take the money out, and leave you empty-handed. Okay. So it goes on the saying, and having food and clothing, with these we shall be content. We shall be. So it's a personal decision that I'm going to be content. We shall be content. Praise the name of the Lord. I said, praise the name of the Lord. I remember the first time I traveled out, the very first time of my life that I traveled out, and I had this, my wonderful Zimbabwe friend, we had some very precious memories. That was our first time. And uh it's massive hotel in in Jordan, the Radisson Blue Hotel. And so there was ice cream, like ice cream machines when you finish eating your main meals, ice cream machines, coke, like fridge where you could pick coke and everything. It's for the very first time. When we saw it, ah, we said, Father, we have arrived in heaven finally. We made it. And our mind was Hey, come on. They said, when you finish eating, just take whatever you want and go to the hotel room. We said, no, we're going to take ice cream. We're going to take Coke. we just, do you understand? This was the first time all the Coke that you have not taken in your life as a child. God has finally decided to restore to you the years that the Kanker woman, and the Palmer Worms have eaten. And so we finished eating. We ate so much. There was no space anymore for the ice cream and the Coke. But you said, we're still going to take it. So we carried the ice cream. We carried the Coke. We walked out of the, 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 the restaurant as we walked forward a bit. The hotel was big, massive hotel. Well, we walked forward a bit, we saw another fridge with Coke there. Ah-ah. It wasn't locked. Then it dawned on us that everybody would know that finally these two people that came from Nigeria, they probably just came from the village, not just the city. But you know, at the end of the day, we really could not eat so much like we planned. And that's, that's something about life. It's like, oh, when I get married, finally, when I start answering Mrs. That's it. And you get married, and you just ask yourself, so is this what marriage is all about? Oh, when I have my child, I'm going to plait the hair this way, plate the hair that way. You know, buy ribbon, buy this color. Now the hair is there. And you're like, just wash it, take it to school tomorrow. We'll do it on Thursday. Is that all there is to life? Oh, when I get my car, you know, I'm going to wash it every day. I'm going to do this. At the end of everything in life, when you finally get that thing you have been looking for, you see the emptiness in things. That's why he says, The Lord is our helper. It is Him that satisfies us. It is Him that satisfies us. So from this very day, make Christ your sufficiency. Make Him your satisfaction. Let the abundance of things or the lack of things not affect the way you live your life. Paul says, I have learned to be content. In a state of abundance or in a state of lack. For I can do all things through Christ that strengthened me. So that scripture is actually a scripture of contentment. It's not a scripture of ability it's a scripture of contentment it's I can I know how to abase I know how to abound for I can do all things to Christ that strengthens me that scripture is a scripture for people who have developed the art of contentment it's not just so much of ability contextually as it is for contentment learning to enjoy the journey of life let's go to verse 8 and having food and clothes with these we shall be content for those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lust i want you to note the word lust which draw men in destruction and perdition i mean there's nothing wrong about having an ambition to be wealthy and to be, i mean there's nothing wrong with that but the scripture says hey if you're not careful of that it's going to draw you into so much lust and perdition say it again i know some people don't like it but if you were a student of the bible and you were following god there's no how you put your money in mmm there's no how if you are studying scriptures there are certain things that should not attract you ah pastor i studied it no you didn't you shouldn't have studied you should have studied the word of god i know i know i have church members who lost money there i know I'm happy they lost. Next time they won't try it. There are things that as a believer you're going to play naira bet. How? I don't understand. I don't understand. Is that the way the scripture says we should be wealthy? It's covetousness. There's no... I mean, there's nothing to it. You take 1,000 You want to win 6 million. How does it work? Even you. Would you do that? Would you do that? If you were the owner of the company, would you do that kind of thing? And by the time you get addicted, you discover that all your life, you're never able to save. In those days... All the people who used to play pool in the village We know how their life ended up And in the 21st century They customized it in such a way That we can have it on our phones And it's amazing Even how many educated people you think Are born again And children of God Who get involved in all of these things What's the reason? It's covetousness You just want to make money quickly Paul says If you have that desire That you're going to fall into many foolish and harmful lost. You will do things that, on careful analysis, they're very foolish. But you know what is drawing you there? Covetousness. Covetousness. We just want something quickly. Ah, bring one thousand. You bring one thousand. You bring five people. You bring seven people. You now have one million. Those are the kind of things we like to hear. No work. You don't. You won't sell anything. You won't buy anything. If you are scammed in this life, there is something in you that's attracting this scam. That's the truth. Ah, they just play me. There's some. When some opportunities come, you should learn to calm down. I remember early days we came in here, and uh, some people came into town, and they said well, if you bring something, they will give you kettle, they will give you fridge, they will give you freezer. So someone came to meet my wife, ah, ah, this opportunity to get keto. Said, oh, calm down. You already have keto. You have keto. Which keto are you looking for? Yeah, this keto is electrical and once the water just... Relax. That's not how things... You see, the way life is designed, if you want something, you prepare for it, you go to the market, you buy it. But no, we don't want that process. We want it now. And we want it at a very little cost. We want it with very little hard work. If there's something that Christianity is synonymous to, it's the ability to work hard. A believer shouldn't be lazy. It's laziness sometimes that breeds covetousness. look at what it says for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil the rule of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves with many sorrows they strayed you know what it means to stray like when you say stray dog he's like a dog that uh is missing and has forgotten his house a little covetousness here. A little one there. A little one the third day. Before you know, you strayed away from the faith. You're almost like an unbeliever. You strayed away from the faith. She's because of the love of money. And listen, the love of money is not just about people who have money. Some people who don't have love money more than those who have. Absolutely, you can't get anything done for free. Anything you do, they must pay you. If they don't pay you, you will fight. So the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, all kinds of evil. That means you will not even be able to comprehend with your mind the evil that will come out when there's the love of money. Look at how our nation, people are kidnapping for phone, right? started with oh kidnapping white men that's why listen you must be very careful in life you must never support any kind of evil sometimes i'm ashamed when i see christians comment on national issues i'm sometimes i get worried very tribal very ethnocentric lack of depth, no respect for what the word of god says so we kidnapping white people we say let them kidnap them let them kidnap them they took our oil. year. They are taking our whole year. And you are supporting that. And you don't know that what happens is that actually evil grows. Just as good grows, evil also grows. Whenever you see evil being done, even if it's against people you hate, never support it. That's not the attitude of a child of God. Then I say, ah, let them even go and be kidnapping politicians. They are the thieves. No problem. So they went, left white people, started kidnapping politicians. And you were happy. Ah, they kidnap that politician mother. Good for him. Good for him. After he has stolen our road money. And then gradually, you know now they kidnap transport buses, right? Is it politicians that are entering those transport buses? No. It's you and I. That's how, that's how evil grows. So they kidnap the whole bus. Twelve people, thirteen people, put them in the bush. How much do you have? This one now is not like they are calling because you know, if you are in that bus, you won't have. If you were, if you had money, you will not be in that bus. So where, so it's not like let's call somebody. You know, you just say how much do you have to pay yourself? Say fifteen thousand. Say make it twenty so that we release you. You know, again they are not kidnapping for what is for food now. Oh, we don't have bread today. Okay, let's kidnap three people and buy bread. you understand? That they you do evil as a hobby. What is the what is happening? The scripture calls it the love of money. And we must never allow, listen, saints of God, we must never allow this into our hearts. Immediately we allow this into our hearts. All kinds of evil will begin to emanate. You must be careful of money. We want more of it. We trust in God for it. We need it. But you must be careful of it. You must never love it. Your love must always be for the Lord. So I'll tell you something here let's go quickly, I read really one scripture let's go quickly here it says, but you O man of God flee these things and pursue righteousness godliness faith, love, patience, gentleness these are the characteristics of godliness spend that energy pursuing righteousness spend that time pursuing godliness faith, love, patience Gentleness, two things I want to emphasize that. Number one gentleness. Gentleness and what patience. You, if you want to be someone who is free from covetousness, you must be someone who understands patience. Patience. Be patient with God. Be patient with your spouse. Be patient with the process of life. Be patient with the things you desire I know you're believing God For mighty things to happen in your life But just exercise a bit of patience He that believes Will not make haste You see Paul was not only talking to Timothy Paul was also talking to himself Let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and uh, Chapter 2 and verse 5 Let's see what Paul said there 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 Are you learning something tonight? Talk to me, are you learning something tonight? Alright hallelujah glory to god praise the name of the lord first thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 5 look at this let's let's shoot let's shoot from verse 3 first thessalonians chapter 2 verse 3 paul says for our exaltation did not come from error or uncleanness, nor was it in deceit but as we have been approved by god to be entrusted with the gospel even so we speak not as pleasing men but god who tests our hearts Look at verse 5 for neither at any time did we use flattering words as you know, nor a cloak for covetousness, God is our witness. Paul says, When we went about preaching the gospel, we did not do it as a cloak of covetousness. That means it was not like we were using the gospel because we were covetous. today is amazing how many ministers demand for money before they pray for people how no it's amazing you have to sow seeds for your deliverance you have to sow a prophet's offering an Isaac offering you have all these kinds of mighty mighty offerings you have to buy water you have to buy oil you have to buy uh, hand chain. and funny enough even the ones who say they don't have these are the kind of places they thrive the gospel can become a clock for covetousness you can come to god just because of what you can get not because you like god you can use the gospel you understand just to satisfy your own ambition oh i know if i go to this place ah, i'm going to get a breakthrough not because you really want to serve god just to meet your covetous desire. I said it again, I'll repeat it so you don't misunderstand me. I'm not against increase. I believe the Lord wants us to increase. But I'm totally against covetousness. Because the scriptures is against it. Everything must not be about money. Where we walk. The decisions we make. It's amazing how people can be separated from their families just because they want extra money. Separated from their spiritual uh, the, the place where God is put in them for spiritual development. Just extra money. Paul says, we did not take this gospel as a cloak for covetousness. And this is very important to us as a people. One of the things that God does is that the blessing of the Lord makes rich and he added no sorrow. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 22. When the blessing of God comes upon your life, there is no sorrow to it. It's sorrow free. You see, if you are serving God because of the things you would get you will not serve god properly you will never serve god properly that's i'm sorry to say but that's the problem we're having in the body of christ it's just about what you can get what you can get it's sometimes it can be it can be disheartening that someone would belong to a church and does not care about how that church is cleaned. It does not care. How the church is cleaned, how the place is being taken care of, does not want to know. But just wants what the church can do for them. What kind of Christianity is that? Don't use the gospel. See, don't use God. Just because of your own needs. God is willing to meet your needs. But the gospel must never become the avenue for covetousness. The ultimate purpose of the gospel is that we become like Christ. That's the heart of the gospel. That's the heart of the gospel. And I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. From experience and from my study. If you follow God with your heart. You'll be amazed at how the blessings of God Will overtake you You'll be amazed At how the blessings of God Will overtake you How the goodness of God will overtake you If you genuinely begin to serve And begin to worship God Because of who He is You'll be amazed At the goodness of God Praise the name of the Lord Let's look at a couple of scriptures Are you still here? Let's go to Psalms chapter 37 verse 16. Let's look at four more scriptures and then we close. Psalm 37 and verse 16. Godliness and contentment is great gain. Learning to thank God. (laughs) You know, I I I was talking to a friend of mine, and uh, we're just talking about flying when we go preach and all that. And we're saying, oh man, we need to start believing God for a business class. We need to start trusting God for a business class. So by the time I finished talking and I dropped the phone, it just occurred to my heart that, hey, come on. I mean, just like six, seven years ago, your highest desire was just to go to the nations to preach. Even if they had to put you at the back of the plane, you understand, like there's no seat. Just stay inside the toilet and fly, you'll be excited, right? Well, now you're flying, you want a business class you want a business class, you want a first class you want a first class, you want your own jet What I'm trying to say in this life is this you will never, you have to you are the one to call yourself to order and say, hey, come on boy, it's okay here Your heart will never do that Your desire will never do that You're the one to say, hey, no, 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 no. I'm not, this phone, I'm not buying it I can, but I'm not, it's fine I'm okay with this even people will not allow you to be normal you know people were designed not to allow you to be normal there are you are at your age you can't be wearing this kind of thing now don't worry I know where they sell the real one as if the one you're wearing is fake people will always encourage you to stretch beyond your means that's why when you see wealthy people, people are always around them but when someone is poor, the scripture says that even the poor man is hated by his own brothers you know when you're poor and they call you for family meeting they only tell you to say the opening prayer so we are pray for us. So you pray, Father, we thank you for this family, gathering as we are gathered, and they won't, they won't ask you anything again. Because they know that any solution you give, you don't have the capacity to bring it to pass. If you say, we're well, less higher canopy. They say, do you have the money? Say, no, but it will be a good thing. Say, don't bother. We know what we want to do. Then when they finish, they say, okay, we are close for us. Because that's your only use is to open and to close the meeting with prayers. But even if you were very wealthy, And you are the youngest. And everybody is seated. They will say, "Eh, our brother has not come. That the meeting cannot start. Because it is you that will determine the outcome of the meeting. You are the one that will execute. And when we live in this kind of culture, live in this kind of environment, you know what happens to us? Unconsciously, our heart begins to associate life with how much we have even james talks about it right james talks about it he says when a rich brother comes to the church you say hey come you you know get a good seat for them when but when the brother who doesn't have comes into the church hey you, you go sit there james talked about it and we must never allow that to be the guiding principle of our lives i've seen how people will run around and honor those who have of resources. Run around to honor them. And someone comes without resources and there's no altar of honor. You know the reason you're honoring those people? Not because you really honor them. But because they can be of a help to you. And that itself is a problem. Psalm 37 verse 16. A little that a righteous man has is better than the riches of many wicked. A little that a righteous man has. not the word righteous. is better than than riches of the wicked Proverbs chapter 15 verse 16 Proverbs 15 verse 16 We'll do one more and then we can pray Are you learning anything? I can hear you I said are you learning anything? Alright Proverbs chapter 15 verse 16 It says Better is a little with the fear of the Lord Than great treasure With trouble Look at this Better is a dinner of herbs Where love is than a fatted calf with hatred the cow is big but he's eating in the midst of a lot of hatred you know sometimes you you just need to i say this all the time but you you need to sometimes look at our parents right our, our grandparents with the little they had how long they stayed married yeah they were not educated they didn't read five love languages did your, did your grandfather read five love languages they didn't did it? In fact, our parents married, some of our parents married without love. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? Like, they just tell you, hey, you, this is your husband. Now you do love, you do dating, you do cutting, you do calendar, you do, uh, psychology tests, temperament tests, compartment tests, uh, <laughs> all kinds of tests, and marriages are not holding. So it's not, sometimes it's just sometimes it's the covetousness that is in the human race that's affecting everything we have there's something about contentment that we need to learn about life something about contentment something about contentment look at it better is a dinner of herbs where love is it's like you're just eating only vegetables with love (laughs) Says than a stalled ox and hatred therewith. You have a big cow, there's hatred everywhere. Better is a dinner of herbs with love than a fatted calf and there's hatred. That means without the love of God in our hearts, we cannot have contentment. Proverbs chapter 16 verse 8, our last scripture. Proverbs 16 verse 8. I, I remember when we were having the, the talk show, there was something, uh, a brother Gabriel said, which is very instructive. It's like you grow up in an environment where there's nothing as it were, but you do not know that you are poor. You do not know. It's not driven into your consciousness. And I want to urge you, don't make your children, don't, you know, sometimes children do not know, not, not sometimes. Absolutely. Children do not know if their parents are rich or poor. It's, we are the ones that make them feel that way. Children don't know. We're the ones that gradually start driving that into their, into their, their, their minds. Look at this. Better is a little with righteousness than great revenues without rights. Better is a little with righteousness. What we have is not as important as what we have it with. What we have is not as important as what we have it with. If we have great revenue, is it with righteousness? Without righteousness, we cannot experience contentment. I want to challenge you. On Sunday, we're going to look at greed and and some some things the scripture says about it but i want to challenge you to make up your mind to be someone who lives a life of contentment and the funny thing is as you begin to live this way by the scriptures you'll be amazed at how god will to increase your way and it comes to a point in your life where the increase that you have doesn't bother you you know somebody that amazes me so much in the scriptures i'm really doing a study on his life and it's such a blessing. Is the man called Job. The way that man lived with God. is just remarkable. This was a man who was like the greatest man in the east. Let's say like a dangote of our day or a gate of our day. And everything just goes away. And the wife says, cause God and die. You know what this man says? I know my redeemer lives. That's a man who have said, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man can do to me. And the Lord blessed them back. He had everything back. For the child of God, no adversity is final. With faith in God's word, we can always overcome. With faith in the word of God, we can always triumph. With faith in the word of God, we can always have things added up to us. It says, Little children, it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. We don't serve a wicked God. We only need to read our hearts of traces of covetousness. Learn to be content. And keep trusting God as he increases us to do exactly what he has called us to do. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, I just want to thank you. We ask, oh God, that these truths are established in our hearts. That we walk in the fullness of them. In Jesus' mighty name we pray.